You're listening to World Talk Radio, Studio A. Be the star you are, the book. And everyone has a story to tell, all coming up with Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany on Star Style. Be the star you are. Stay tuned. Did you know that teens with low self-esteem who feel they don't fit in are more vulnerable to peer pressure, more likely to have depressive reactions, eating disorders, higher rates of alcohol and drug abuse, criminal involvement, suicide attempts, and be involved with risky behaviors? You can help make a difference by sponsoring this radio program, Be The Star You Are. Be The Star You Are promotes positive role models, positive media, and donates positive books to increase literacy. Call 877-944-STAR, S-T-A-R. For more information or visit our website at bethestarur.org. Also, you can make a PayPal donation at www.bethestarur.org. Thank you for helping our youth succeed. We have all encountered those ordinary people who have accomplished extraordinary things in their neighborhoods, towns, and villages around the world. These people have answered a common call, a call to consciousness. Join Brian McClure to discover your call to consciousness. Discover your personal power to make a difference in the world you live in. A Call to Consciousness with Brian McClure broadcasts live every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on World Talk Radio, Studio A. Tune in and begin to make a difference. Listen. The world is talking. World Talk Radio. Studio A. Radio's finest hour of power, Star Style, Be the Star You Are, a program of great books with authors and experts that help you in your everyday life and give you more information that help you excel. My name is Cynthia Bryan. I'm thrilled to be your personal growth success coach here on the airwaves with you. So get ready to have some fun, to pump your energy, to love, to learn, to laugh, and of course, listen to our show and hear about books that are new and fun, because we are a show about doing what you love, bubbling with enthusiasm. Today, our show features author and amateur historian J.A. Hunsinger, who showcases his Acts of Iron series with the Settlers, a story of the Viking Age, as the Norsemen explored Iceland and Greenland and North America. Following that, Heather Brittany and I will be discussing gifts from Be the Star You Are book, and in segment three, we'll be talking about the importance of storytelling and how to write your stories and your memoir. Well, over a thousand years ago, a flotilla of ships set sail from the North Countries to found a land that they called Vinland. J.A. Hunsinger has had a lifelong interest in his Viking and Norse ancestry, 
And he has based his books on archaeological and Norse artifacts that have been found on this continent, and they're portrayed in his tale of the settlers. What's interesting, I find, is that these settlers were here long before Christopher Columbus. The book that we're going to be talking about today is Acts of Iron, the Settlers. Welcome, Jerry, to Be the Star You Are. Hi, Cynthia. How are you? I am great. Well, what a very, very fascinating uh, book that you've written. Uh, you know, that's uh, fiction, but based on history. And what I found so interesting uh, to start with, Jerry, is that there really aren't a lot of, uh, of artifacts or any written history that you have to go on. So you're really having to dig deep, as we say, to come up with how Eric the Red came, you know, to Iceland or Greenland back in the 900s, you know, over a thousand years ago, and how so many thousands, maybe what four or five thousand settlers came over in the next few years, the next three four hundred years. Yes, that's correct. And my uh, my series of books fill a historical gap. Uh, we know practically nothing about the uh, Norse Greenland settlements because they wrote nothing down. It's all uh, conjecture, really, from the sagas uh, written two and three hundred years after the fact. So I've just spun a tale of, of what I think happened because the people disappeared, totally disappeared. From well, and you talk about it, this, this whole disappearance is something that I want to talk about more in the show because a, a question that comes up all the time when you discuss the Norsemen and this whole, their settlements on this whole acts of iron theory is, was it climate change? Was it global warming? Or was it the, the Ice Age? What was it that really had them disappear? Or did they just assimilate with the indigenous people that were already here? Well, in, or, in order to talk about that, Cynthia, I have to mention that the Viking Age began uh, uh, about 793 when they attacked Lindisfarne, Scotland, uh, in the U.K. And, uh, and that, uh, what allowed them to do that was the, uh, what we now call the medieval warm period. That opened up the northern uh, waters much earlier than normal, and uh, a population explosion occurred in, in Scandinavia for some reason, and they ventured out, and that's what started the Viking Age, and it also allowed them to explore the western Atlantic Ocean, uh, settling Iceland, uh, and later Greenland. In, you know, in you wrote in your book about Greenland, because when you think of the name Greenland, it sounds like it's going to be a very green land, right? But well, that, that was really a misnomer because it was just a land of rocks, but it was so named in order to entice the settlers to come? Yes, that's absolutely correct. Uh, Eric, uh, is, it's believed that Eric went back, he and his son life went back uh, in 986 and gathered settlers, 25 ships of them, 500 people, and they set sail for Greenland. And he called it that, as you mentioned, to entice them to come with him. Because Greenland is the largest island on planet Earth, and it's covered with an ice cap everywhere except the southwest coast, where they... Uh, established their two settlements. So uh, that's the only green area on the entire island. The rest of it is ice and rocks, as you point out. And that, you know, so that, I mean, it was not a hospitable country, basically. What was very fascinating is that you created characters, and you talk right away when you give the last names of your characters. When the last name has son after it, it literally meant, like Eric's son, actually meant son of Eric. 
That is, that is correct. That is absolutely correct. That naming system is still used in Iceland and other areas in Scandinavia to this day. Like, uh, like for instance, Eric, Eric had a son. And so his name was Life. His first name, that was his oldest son. And his last name automatically became Ericsson. And that's the, that is Life Ericsson is, of course, the famous explorer that we all, all studied. And now, the thing, though, that I had never heard until I read Acts of Iron, which is your, your book, Acts of Iron, the Settlers, and Acts of Iron is the series that you're writing. I had never heard, though, that they were here before Christopher Columbus. And that, to me, is really, really enticing and was very, very interesting because you, there have been some archaeological things that, have, uh, that point to that, that they came down through North America, through Canada, and actually might have migrated and, you know, inhabited with the indigenous people that were here. Yes, uh... Life Erickson is believed to have come down here, that is to say North America, somewhere between 997 and 1002. And he landed somewhere on Newfoundland. Now, the only Norse settlement that has been found in North America was found on the northeastern coast, the northeastern tip of Newfoundland Island in 1962 by Helgi and Annie Stina Ingstad of Norway. And they excavated that site. They uh, refer to it as life's booter, which means uh, life's booze or life's uh, shelters. Uh, they excavated that site from 1962 to 1968, and they found eight buildings and many, many Norse artifacts. And it has been positively identified as a Norse site in North America uh, 500 years before Columbus was even born. See, that is, that is amazing. I mean, and that hasn't been in the history books, so we really have to rewrite some of the history to actually give credit to the Norsemen and the Vikings for actually settling North America. Yes, now, getting uh, to your book, you have created a story, um, a fictional story, based on facts that you already know and the archaeological digs and things that you have gone through. But what, was, uh, what I found really, oh, I guess heart-grabbing would be the word, is how, how fierce these people were. And their justice system was fast and ferocious. When there was the, you have a scene in here where there is a rape of the uh, Native American tribes of two young girls, and when it is brought to the, the Norsemen, the chief's attention, they, they immediately, those two men are sentenced and killed right there. That's right. Uh, he, uh, uh, the, the leader that you refer to is Halfdan Ingolfsson. He was their leader. And, uh, and he, had a, he had a choice, uh, Cynthia. He, he had to show these natives, these, uh, we call them Indians now, but uh, they're uh, prehistorical Nescapi, the prehistorical ancestors of the Cree Indians. And they, um, he gave one of those rapists to them for their uh, justice, and he killed the other one right in front of them. And, uh, yes, they were, they were very violent people. They lived in a violent time. The Middle well, Age. I was really the other part that, you know, I thought that I actually liked that justice right away because I, uh, what was said between the Norsemen is, is if we don't show the natives 
that we take care of these problems now, we're going to have more problems. Because actually your characters, when they set out on their voyage, they knew that the that voyages before had been doomed because the traders had, uh, had been... Um, not fair with the native people and they have you know they had traded with them not properly or they had pillaged their villages or killed people indiscriminately so this group of explorers you have them decide from the onset that they were going to try to somehow live amicably because they knew their survival depended upon it Yes, that's absolutely right. Uh, the reason that I have the story beginning in, in the year 1008 is because sometime between 1000 and 104, somewhere in that period, a man named, uh, an Icelander named Torfinn Karlsefni came to uh, North America and settled somewhere in North America. We don't know where. And there were two settlements. One was called Hop, and the other one was called Stromfjord. And, and a, a son was born to him and his wife here in North America, and, and they called him Snorri. Uh, these are uh, documented facts, as far as we know them, through the sagas, if you want to believe the sagas. And, um, and the reason that that settlement attempt failed is because of the way he treated the, uh, the prehistorical ancestors of the Indians. He, uh, they killed them, they cheated them in trade, and everything else. So uh, Halfdan, when he and his people came down from Greenland in 1008, he had already told all of them that that was not going to happen this time. Now, this is a fictional account. I'm talking about my book. Right, uh, and the book, the name of the book is Acts of Iron, the Settlers. The author is J.A. Hunsinger, H-U-N-S-I-N-G-E-R. I just want to give that out right up front here. No T in the word. And, but the thing about it was is that there were very few women, so the lack of women seemed to cause some problems there with the, ma- with the men, obviously. And you have a, another scene in your book with the, I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right, Jerry, the Einvigi, that's that duel to the death? Yes, that's, that's very good. It's Einvigi. Einvigi, okay. Well, that was absolutely a brutal, brutal uh, occasion. However, it was all about honor. Yes, it was. It was all about honor. They, they fought they fought for the honor and the, and the possession of a woman, and and they violated a basic law among their people, and and uh, and you know the result. I won't divulge yeah, don't that. Yeah, I don't want to give the story away. That's why we're we're talking a bit in in generalities. Now, what about the thralls, which were the slaves? This is also I hadn't ever thought of the Norse people having slaves first, and but this was also part of their culture and they brought them to the new world every society in mankind's history has kept slaves cynthia all you have to do is read history to find that out huh. every single society and in and, this society um, they called them thralls and they, where were they from they were from all over wherever they fought wherever the uh the vikings fought but a lot of them were celts there were Picts and, and other, uh, you know, Britons and other tribes of, uh, of what is now the U.K. and, and uh, other Germanic tribes uh, throughout Europe. Wherever they fought, they would, uh, they would capture people. And they, okay, they would be the prisoners, basically, that would become the slaves. That is correct. Okay. And because, again, Hafton and your, your crew in your book talk about how they didn't really think of them as 
how difficult their lives were and about setting them free. Of course not, but uh, but that issue does come up. Uh, his uh, Halfdan's uh, Halfdan's uh, lieutenant in the in the book, uh, Good Bjarter uh, Einarsson, if you'll recall him, he's uh, he's yes, a, he's a major character in this. He's a central character. Well, he he does not keep slaves because, because his father his father had been a slave. His father had been a slave, so he had a, in, in deference to his father, he never kept slaves, and he didn't approve of slavery. So, uh, and I bring that out in the book. And, and some I, of, I really liked that, Jerry, because what was interesting is that he said to Halfdan that he'd never really spoken about it. Nobody knew that from his past, but because Halfdan brought it up, he said that, have you ever thought about how they, they feel? And then that's when Halfdan felt... That was an interesting, maybe we should be letting them be free, let them gain their freedom. Yes, that, that's correct. And, and, this, and this does become an issue in, in subsequent uh, tales that I will tell. Mm. And, and so uh, they, they have to solve this, just like every, every society has to solve it. As your, as your life changes, as your environment changes, then you must, uh, you must alter your behavior, and, and that, that happens in this case. Well, let's talk about the Axe of Iron for a moment, because obviously the Axe of Iron, this is actually a weapon of war. So this is a very strong iron axe, and when they, your, um, your people were trading with the Indians, the Indians wanted to train, trade for the Axe of Iron. Instead, you, they traded for some other pieces of iron, but not that particular one, because Halfdan did not want to trade war weapons. Yeah, that's correct. The, the axe that you refer to happens to be my trademark. My trademark is Axe of Iron. And um, that particular axe is a Norse battle axe. And as you say, it's a war weapon, which it is. It wasn't used for felling trees. It was used for killing, for fighting. And it was very good at that. They were very good with that axe. They were horrendous. In, in they were her- it, that, brutal. Is the I mean, it was like one one slice, and that's it. Yeah, that's it. That's absolutely it. But that um, that uh, you're you're correct in saying that he did not uh, Halfdan did not want to trade weapons to the Indians. He, tools, yes, but not weapons. And the dogs, I loved it with the dogs. And the dog was named Wolf, and then Fang. I have a dog named Wolf, so I was reading that, and I was like, "Oh, <laughs> the dog." But the fact that the dogs that they traded became the what became very famous for Norse people. These dogs became their work dogs. Uh, absolutely. Now, now that is that is uh, fictitious, uh, Cynthia. I invented that. But the dog, the dog that I refer to is the Malamute. That the uh, that the uh, Inuit and the uh, other Indians of the Arctic, the other natives of the Arctic, uh, developed. They developed that dog, the Husky and the Malamute. Right, right, and that's what I have. I've had a Malamute, so they're just, they are great dogs. I was glad to see that. Now the food was plentiful there at the time. So what do you think with the climate change? It got colder, the Ice Age, that after the Middle Age warmed, then it, it got colder. Is that what you feel happened, or nobody really knows? Yes, yes, uh, several people feel that's what happened. I believe that's the main causal factor for the demise of the Norse Greenland settlements. 
they were on their way out, I believe, uh, from about uh, the early part of the 1300s to the end of the settlement in about the mid-1400s. But the weather speeded that up. The medieval warm period ended in about 1200, and and, uh, the mini ice age began. The mini ice age ran from around 1200 through 1700. And uh, it got so cold in northern Europe that the harbors, many of them in the far north, stayed frozen all summer. They never did uh, the ice. So they completely got locked in. Well, let's give out your website. There'll be more books to come. We'll have to get you back on. The name of the book is Acts of Iron, the Settlers, J.A. Hunzinger, and the website is www.vinlandpublishing.com. Is that correct, Jerry? That's it, Cynthia. VinlandPublishing.com. Wonderful book. I look forward to the next installment. You have me on uh, on the edge of my seat. Thanks for being a guest, Jerry, on Be the Star You Are. Acts of Iron. Go to VinlandPublishing.com. It's a great story. You'll learn about the Norsemen. Back in a minute, Heather Brittany will be here. We're talking Be the Star You Are. Stay with us. This business.